0: Welcome to The Platform Podcast, where we talk to coaches, athletes, experts, and real people to learn about their approaches to training, nutrition, mindset, and much more. I am your host, Jordan Kundi-Wright, founder and head coach of the Twin Cities Kettlebell Club, and I'm on a mission to help others build sustainable, healthy lifestyles. My guest this week is Matt Boris. He is a Canadian kettlebell lifter and a member of the Team Riddle Struck, as well as my friend, we have a great chat about his background, uh, some of the injury history that comes <laughs> along with it, uh, some Dalton and Roadhouse references, and uh, as well as some of the unique challenges of being a six foot five tall athlete in kettlebell sport. So I hope you enjoy the talk. I also want to take a second to say that I'm incredibly grateful that you listen to this podcast. If you haven't already, please be sure to leave a rating and review of the platform podcast in your app of choice and support my work. By supporting our sponsors whose affiliate links you'll find in the episode notes and if you want to step on the platform and compete in kettlebell sport please reach out to me i help athletes of all levels reach their goals without wasting time using my integrated coaching approach you can follow me on instagram facebook and youtube at twin cities kettlebell club or email me at twin cities at gmail.com also don't forget to register for the twin cities kettlebell open october 23rd here in beautiful little canada minnesota Now, without further ado, let's step onto the platform with Matt Boris. All right. Welcome into this week's episode of the platform podcast. My guest today is Matt Boris. He is a kettlebell athlete from the team rental struck out of Eat. Guelph, Ontario, uh, which is somewhere in, uh, Canada, uh, Kanuckistan? Kanuckistan. Yeah, that's, yeah. Well, that, actually,
1: yeah, that's right. uh, Steve's in Guelph. I actually live in Milton. I know you know where Milton is. Yes,
0: yes, I do. I do know where Milton is. That guy's yep. a dick. Uh, but...
1: <laughs> so I actually live about uh, two blocks away from Sarah, uh, Eric St. Ange.
0: Does he deliver bread to your house?
1: Yes, he does. And it is the greatest thing ever. You think his <laughs> jerk form and his endurance is technical, or No. You haven't tried his sourdough bread, that's where it's at. <laughs> Yeah, MS. That's great, Eric. But yeah, the bread.
0: Okay, just, just make with the sourdough, and 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 yeah. you know, make with the sourdough, and maybe some biomechanical breakdown of proper technique, and you know, use your use your nerdiness for our advantage. Uh, we yes, we want to take advantage of your oh. brain, um, but you know, that's that's about it.
1: Yeah, yeah, really. Like, and I'm not joking. Like, literally, <laughs> like you'll you'll see pictures in the group chat. Like, Eric dropped off bread right at six o'clock this morning.
0: Well, we're just Great diving nerd. right into it. So, thank you so much, Matt, for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Um in, in case you guys can't tell, uh Matt and I go way back. We we met like what like I don't know, like uh, 8 weeks ago. Or something about 8 like weeks that. ago.
1: I think on my birthday, so March March
0: 12th. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was it was your birthday. That is that is true. I forgot about that. That was that yeah. was when we first met. I I don't think I met Matt that night. I think I met a different version of Matt that you, night. You met I one of my on.
1: alter egos. Uh, yeah, he uh, he he came out. Yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> it was my birthday, and uh, I did the typical birthday stuff. And how many wineries they- had
0: you been to <laughs> by the time I signed on to the Zoom chat? Well,
1: the wineries weren't the problem. So I was at, I went to four, but you know that was through the day and this and that, and I, I got myself home. The problem was all the loot I got from the wineries. Sarah wanted to start opening, and then. Oh, it was my birthday and friend shopped off a beer. So I tried that beer. Then we were doing a group chat and then my rugby boys were like, Oh, we got to have a, a group shot for your birthday. We can't do it in person. Then you came in after all that. So, uh, <laughs> sorry. sorry.
0: Oh, no, no, no need to be sorry. It was, uh, it was great. Uh, i i didn't realize that you don't always wear a black stetson uh but you should uh, i mean that that looked it looked like it suited you you're were, you're were, i sign on and you're wearing your black stetson i was like all right this guy this guy's a cowboy hat wear maybe that's maybe that's the accessory that goes with the canadian tuxedo i don't i don't know like well
1: i'll make you a deal if we can come down in october i will be rocking that stetson
0: all right all right i've got uh i've i've i like that that would that would make me very very happy will you wear it on the platform
1: Oh, I mean, it can't hurt my form. So, I mean. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, if you're keeping the jerk tight to the body, though, you're going to knock it off with your thumbs at some point. But uh, you don't jerk, though, really. No, no, I
1: do. Uh, I do long cycle. And um, I'm one of those rare guys that even in kettlebell communities, you push the corner. I'm a snatch first guy.
0: That's I, what?
1: I know. There's like six of us. <laughs> Weird.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, I don't i don't i don't know how i don't know a nice way to put this you're an odd human oh
1: <laughs> no i, I know i so said you usually you know like tape off a corner we can sit and you put down some newspapers and you know kind of like it's like high school over again
0: turn on the cartoons but bust out the bust out the cereal and just leave you guys here leave you guys yeah alone. just
1: just hope we don't distract anyone while you're you know biathletes athletes are doing their thing <laughs> and long cycles are getting ready we're just <laughs> talking about how we only like to do snatch
0: okay well so let's so let's let's get into it i mean uh First of all, you, you, are, you are a competitive athlete in, in kettlebell sport, obviously, and snatch is your specialty. What is your, what is your, highest, uh, what is your highest rank that you've achieved uh, so far?
1: Um, I mean, right now it would be, I have a rank one with purple. So I think I, my PB is 212, but I think when I did the, my rank one, I think I did 196, Okay. So I'm there right now. I've been. Uh, I was playing around, um, trying to get to um, um, with the greens. I have rank two, so I think I've done uh, 158. I think that gets me rank two. And then uh, right now I'm training to. I'm making my first kind of serious bid at um, CMS, where I'm going to try to do a uh, five minute with the 32s.
0: You say 32 is like there's two of them, but oh sorry, it, just, it feels just, like just... <laughs> No, it's fair. Uh, the 32, the 32 uh does not leave any room for error. Um, so that's yeah. uh that is definitely that is definitely t- what do you need to hit in five minutes? I always I feel like five 84. minutes is a trap. It, it, it,
1: well, and that was part of the thing I looked at it where it's I just, a trap. You know, yeah, literally, I, I thought, you know, you look at it, it's like five minutes, eighty-four, I think it's 84, eighty-six. Like, you know what? I can do that. You know, I, like am my, my big strength is, you know, I, I have good raw horsepower I'm like, you know what? I can keep that up for five minutes and Oh boy, it's a, uh, it's been a struggle through training and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of teetering around there, but it's a, uh, it's been fun. So uh, we'll see what happens. Cause I got about a week and a half left to uh, put it all together and uh, go from there. So uh, that, and then I'm doing a um, five minute long cycle as well. Nice. Yeah, so.
0: Okay. What do you, what are you competing? What are you competing at with long cycle?
1: 24 kilograms so it's um okay. I really um I I, I kind of took a break from long so I actually became literally snatch only for about six months I I, I had a bad a lot of bad sets and it was all because of me because I wasn't I was injured and this and the other so I was just kind of focusing on snatch and just trying to get back into it right now uh, I tried a 10 minute set a couple months ago and didn't go according to plan so um Steve and I really are working on just getting me confident and Doing sets I'm happy with, locking in mentally, keeping pace, figuring out all that kind of stuff. So this will be the last comp I'm doing five-minute sets at, but uh, it's it's a good kind of introduction to the season where, uh, you know, the competition season gets pretty packed. So this is really just kind of breaking the ice, and let's get a couple of good lifts underneath my belt that I'm happy with, and then move back up to what you kettlebell lifters call real sets which is 10 minutes
0: <laughs> well don't let me in with that group because I was I was all too happy to be just a five-minute triathlon oh, uh, guy until Dennis Vassila told me I was playing <laughs> so you know yeah. that's I I like I like five-minute sets I mean uh you and you and I are uh, in the same weight class uh we are in the Clydesdale division uh, we are hash- the Clydesdale division <laughs> hashtag Clydesdales yep. um, the big large
1: sexies. and majestic
0: Yeah. So, so for, for the, for those, for those that have never, have never uh, gazed upon your gazed upon your frame, how tall are you? Exactly. I am six five. Yeah. Okay. And you have the, the arm length of what, like an eight foot person. Yeah. Um,
1: My arm length, my is plus three. Okay. So I actually like other than the, the muscles and the body fat content, I literally have the same build as Michael Phelps. (laughs) Heightwise, okay. lengthwise, all that kind of stuff. My legs are longer, but wingspan, heightwise,
0: it's literally where I am. So yeah, so you have uh, long levers. I uh, will say, also a long distance to move the bell.
1: Yes, yes, yeah.
0: So so tell, so tell me a little bit about the challenges of that, right? Because. Uh, I'm six foot, nothing. Um, I, you know, I lied in the college football program and said, I was, you know, said I was six one, uh, and then my, and then my coach, uh, you know, rounded it up to six two. Uh, so, but I've, I've never been six two, uh, even in heels. Um, so let's, uh, let's, let's explain a little bit. How does that change the dynamics of, of the physics for you being, being that tall? What, what is that? What is that like being that tall? <laughs>
1: Yeah, and you know what? I mean, it's great for teaching things and impressing girls, but (laughs) other than that, it's there's not a whole ton of advantages. So I think some of the things I've really struggled with um like injuries in my past because I was so tall and lanky. And um I was remarkably skinny when I was younger. Like I walk around right now at 240. When I used to compete at jujitsu, I cut down a couple pounds to 169. Wow. So not a lot of muscle on the frame. So I got a lot of injuries in there. And what I kind of find is a little bit harder, especially in kettlebell sport, is um, the pacing where, you know, for someone like, you know, look at Steve. Like, so Steve Riddle's my coach, you know, and I think he's 5'9". Yeah, Steve, coach, he's fantastic. Uh, he's I think like he's a like whole five foot nine.
0: shorter than you. You're, you're basically a giant to, to him.
1: Yeah. yeah, literally. So when we're talking, you know, For me to move a bell at nine RPM, I'm probably, I'm moving the bell at least, you know, two to four feet further, every single rep than other people are. So, you know, you think that's nothing much, but you know, you start talking about snatch or you start talking about, you know, 70, 80, 90 reps, like I have a lot more distance to cover.
0: Yeah. so That's one thing I think uh, people don't understand or don't, or don't account for enough is that work the formula for work in physics is actually weight times reps times distance moved and yep. we forget about the distance moved component of it because we're so focused on volume and we just look at oh what was your total volume how much training volume do you have because that's an easy calculation and it's standard right no matter how far you're moving the weight we can we can all compare volume but what we can't what people don't take into account is like yeah my volume at 200 reps is less work then your volume at 200 reps, because you have to move it at minimum, you know, there's a, we'll say a five inch difference between us, right? At minimum, you're moving the bell five, five inches for, we'll just say for the sake of easy yep. math, right? We're, we're, you're moving the bell, moving the bell five inches further than me every time. Well, that's a thousand over the, you know, if we just do 200 times five, that's, that's a thousand more kilos in, in, total work based just based on distant move and that and that's me simplifying the formula because obviously it's non-linear and yada yada, yada but but uh you know like there is a huge huge component of of distance moved to it that's why i asked the question is because like i can't when i see when i see your your snatch sets i'm i'm like God, that bell is moving a long fucking ways. Yeah, exactly. It takes takes so long to get up there. And it's not that you're moving slow. It's just, it's moving a long ways.
1: And that's a big thing, especially I'm looking at with my snatch technique. One of the things I'm working on right now is, especially the 32s, like I was doing a shallow backswing because I was just muscling it up with the, the 20s, the 24s. I really got to crank that all the way back because I have so much higher to get that bell up. And so it's a lot of things that I really have to focus on my technique so much because I've that extra space for things to go wrong. Right. Like my longer levers, you know, when I miss my elbow slips and I go down, it's, it's a different beast. If so, I mean, it's, you know, there's, there's advantages and there's disadvantages. I mean, kettlebell sport isn't one of those things where it's great to be tall. Like not like if I was a rower or I was a swimmer or something yeah. like that. Right. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it is a bit of a disadvantage, but, you do. i mean
0: the le- the leverage helps in some in some aspects but uh in some aspects it does not like you said like in some in some ways that you know leverage is great like having a long lever arm is great in in the peak of the in the peak of the snatch but that's under the assumption of good positioning and uh <laughs> you know and and uh you know maybe absence of fatigue and all of those things but you know as you get deeper and deeper into the into the set like that can be that can be uh that's not true <laughs> any longer that <laughs> assumption is that assumption is no longer valid so you're risking yeah other really things kind
1: of outweigh the benefits that longer lever i mean still got to move that longer lever too like you know when we were we talked about a lot too about how you see kind of lighter lifters on like they go up and meet the bell to have the resistance you know the, the oomph me and you do that that's a lot we have a lot more body mass to propel off the ground so yeah you know that gain that we're getting from cushioning the bell coming down well it might be outweighed by the extra amount of energy that we do and you look at people like you know lighter lighter athletes shorter athletes doesn't really come into effect right i mean
0: yeah yeah it's well i mean for it's it's definitely part of the is is the effort worth is the effort required worth the uh worth the return on that effort you know it's return on effort is always what we're looking for for so for like somebody like jessica our our, our friend jessica like she's a hundred pounds so yeah. she needs to meet the bells just so that so that they don't pick up as much much momentum because she has like nothing other than skeleton and muscle to to land the, the momentum on i've got some cushioning built in i've got yeah, I've exactly. Got a built we're not 60% system. of
1: our body weight. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you brought a great point, but during Andrew's interview, you know, she was doing double 24, it's 80% of her body weight. Yeah, she needs to do everything in her power to make those things lighter.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, it is. Uh, I think that is one thing that we we don't do a good enough job discussing in in the sport is the differences in technique that need to be applied for different body types different lever lengths different different styles uh etc because uh, Bio individuality is very much a thing, and and the uh, the dynamics change based on how far you have to move the bells, how much how much mass you have to move to to meet the bells, um, you know, et, et cetera, et cetera. And then there's always the fun conversation of injury history, which you brought up a little bit. So we'll we'll go into we'll go into your background. I know you and I kind of have some similarities in background in that uh, you know, as younger men, we uh, we ignored the thing called pain. Which apparently is a signal that your brain sends to let you that that to let you know that something is wrong in your body. I thought um, it was but, just weakness. Right? <laughs> yeah, I thought it was weakness leaving the body. That's what all my coaches told me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's yeah, just, I know. It's I, just I, a I signal we, that can be ignored, right? So. <laughs>
1: I think me and you could really do a kettlebell. You know that scene in Jaws where uh, Quentin Hooper comparing stars? (laughs) I think me and you could do a six-part series just comparing injuries. and just We can pick a different body part. Let's go above the shoulders and we'll talk (laughs) for three hours about our injuries there.
0: Well, so we'll so we'll 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 just keep it focused on you for the for the time being. So let tell tell me a little bit about your your background because you've you you alluded to Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, you alluded to rugby. Um, you know, I obviously know these things. Um, but so for for the listeners, let's let's go back to let's go back to, to pre teen Matt and Oh what, my god. And, and what was uh what were you doing when you were a kid growing up? Like did you grow up in an athletic family or have you always been an athlete or like tell me a little bit about how you came up
1: yeah so I've always been an athlete um the the family not so my, my dad was an athlete my dad was a, a hockey player uh actually quite good um
0: a Canadian hockey player I've never heard of such a thing yeah I
1: know no kidding right but it's, it's funny all his children hate hockey so uh yeah so he actually if you know back when he was um when he was younger there were only like six teams in the NHL and if it was modern day he would pro. but you just you couldn't it's the original
0: six yeah yeah Yeah, there's 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 only so many roster spots at that point
1: exactly and you know are you going to sacrifice everything to go after one and you know back then it wasn't you know umpteen billion dollars to play i mean so you know i've i always enjoyed sports i'm i am probably the most competitive person you're ever going to meet and we can have that debate
0: um no you're uh, not (laughs) i'm more competitive than you
1: (laughs) So, I mean, you know, uh, it was it was always my sporting life early was not really what I wanted. My parents were desperately worried about me getting injured and quite frankly, we'll get into my injury history. And they were right. Um, <laughs> called and, it. Yeah, eventually they called it. They knew half my injuries. I mean, geez. So, I mean, my dad could try to get me into hockey and I played for five or six years and I hated it. And I played baseball. But... You could have
0: been the Zdeno Chara of of Canada. Oh, right? man, I was the, the, worst the giant on college. skates.
1: You, you didn't even you see me skate terrible <laughs> just something about my feet like I was the worst soccer player you're ever going to see in your life I couldn't skate I couldn't stick handle I I, I just hated hockey I've, I've always not liked hockey I played baseball I was I was okay but never really motivated I, I always kind of wanted to play contact sports uh, even the hockey I played it was one of those like everyone's a winner no contact shifts we don't keep score there's no league standings because everyone is here and that's just great. And I'm like, no, no, it's not. Um, I just, so I've got look, a picture
0: of like six-year-old Matt being like, fuck that. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, I was kicked out of a league for hitting a kid in the head with a hockey stick. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't my shining moment, but he deserved it. Of course um, you, did. you know, they always deserve So I did a lot of that. And, you know, through high school, I, I was always kind of, I did everything. I just, I wasn't the best at anything. And I was never kind of popular with the cool kids because I've always been an introvert and I was okay, not being cool. So like, I didn't play basketball Everyone thought I should, cause I was tall, but like in high school, I was like 160 pounds and I was six, four, like I, I could not gain weight for the life in me. And this went all the way up through basically high school university. I was on the track team for a year. I did pentathlon. So that was um, hurdles, shot, foot, long jump, high jump, thousand meters so i did a lot of cardio and you know i just i had a crazy metabolism and kind of got away from that but you know kind of late in high school i started doing martial arts um taekwondo aikido kind of playing around with stuff like that kind of got away from the more commercialized guys started doing some uh, muay thai kickboxing started training
0: oh, with some god oh yeah, yeah. oh i do I, and here I, comes I've... the injury train well I, I was two. actually just thinking i was just thinking of like like just just a a straight-up muay thai kick to the thigh from someone who's six five with your lever length like that does not sound fun
1: oh and i remember i was like you know all those cool fighting names are like george rush empire rampage
0: yeah
1: i was the stick spider <laughs> i i had these bony knees and legs and i cut if I got my leverage into, like we were talking about whippiness.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If
1: I got an inside thigh kick on you, you Oof. fell down.
0: Oof. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no exactly. Thank, no, thank you.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I was, so I got into um, uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu where I was, I was really into this, the whole ride, the UFC thing, you know, with the uh, first, you know, tough and all this. And Brazilian Jiu Jitsu was really new. I mean, it wasn't an established martial art yet in Canada there were four black belts. Um, you know, if you had a blue belt, you could train people. So I started wow. doing that a lot. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. It's all you had. Right. And it was, you know, different. If you got a black belt in 10 years, working five days a week, that was lightning fast. So very, very different. So I was doing that, but i getting a lot of injuries like you know we yeah, were...
0: shocking getting <laughs> yeah, punched no kidding. getting punched and kicked in the face and punching and kicking in the face and then rolling around on the ground trying to uh strangle people and or break joints uh leads well, to then, injuries crazy that's
1: what really got me like to start off with we're like you know we were training with some big guys and i had no muscle so i got an arm bar you know we had a former olympic georgian wrestler on our thing he popped both my arms out right shoulder twice left shoulder once he'd walk on an arm bar and gone just out
0: yeah that's so that's, that's no bueno
1: you know i had the same problem with my knee i got someone throwing me in a knee bar yeah exactly i mean you know that's how they train there but you know he was also expecting people you know he trained with would actually you know be able to um, resist but <laughs> since you know i was the stick spider um it didn't quite work out um so yeah so i did that for a while i moved around a little bit and kind of went away from my um moved away from Guelph where I was doing my training and I moved to another place called Oakville near Milton. And um, I'd always been a rugby fan. I always like, I never played. And I'm like, yeah, I was, I was turning 30. So complete midlife crisis here. I'm like, you know, MMA. <laughs> well, hopefully this...
0: not midlife. I hope you make it past 60. Uh, I, I hope 30 is not midlife. Oh God. So
1: <laughs> we um, I'm like, Oh, they got a club here. And it's Oakville and it's a suburb. I'm like, it can't be that serious. The biggest rugby club in North America. So, I join, I start playing, and I'm 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 basically joined up as a 180 pound six foot five lock.
0: <laughs>
1: guess how bad guess how well that went.
0: So so all right. So we have to so for people that, that aren't familiar with rugby, explain what the lock does in so, uh in a rugby scrum.
1: So we're we're called type five. So my position had really three functions. One. We push on the prop, so we're in the we're in the. Scrum. That's me.
0: I'm the big fat. I'm the big fat fuck in the front row. Uh, right. You know, holding up the hooker. Who's the one trying to get the ball?
1: Yeah, so I stick my head between him and the hooker, so I'm at great at groin level, which is a great place to be. I groin reach inside his, his leg. Is always a great
0: place to be. That's where uh, locks you know live.
1: You learn a lot in those places. <laughs> you, I reach around, basically grab his leg or his pocket, and then I try to shove my shoulder blade into his bum. And push him through the other guys that are doing the same thing. And then other than that, you know, I have guys lifting me, like Jordan lifting me over his head in a line out so I can catch a ball.
0: Yeah, because you're tall and and light, apparently, (laughs) which light at the time, at least.
1: Oh yeah, I was I was I was always a good jumper because I was even when I got to my my 240 and I was playing first team 250. I have quick twitch muscles. I got good technique. I was always a good jumper. So I could get up there. So that was never yeah. a problem. It's just guys and, bringing and long
0: arms. So that's, that's very helpful.
1: Exactly. That was always my strength in rugby. Like I, I would control the line out. I was, I usually didn't feel out of place. That was my best thing. So, you know, it was really kind of through there where I started to um, um, realize I had to get bigger because I was taking so much abuse. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> yes. In, in, in the pack, the, 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 the type five, as he, as he mentioned, there is a, it is, it is the equivalent of an offensive of the offensive line okay. in, in, in American football. So every time you line out, you're getting hit. Every time somebody gets tackled, you're rucking over and you're, and you're taking contact, right? Like it is, it is a and then ton of contact play, you're
1: in the you're the a and b gaps where you have these other large human beings running at you it's rugby you can't take a running start at them you have to wait and receive the contact yep and you know it's like you said in the offensive defensive lines it's the type five it's whatever type five can break the other one first wins the game yep so i was getting mm. broken so i you know but the other good thing was you know i never really had a good workout program like Never really, never really hit the gym that much. I did a lot of cardio, so now that I'm doing that, and I actually got a gym membership and I started doing some personal training, I gained 25. No, sorry, 25 pounds the first year, 45 pounds within the first two years, wow, and dropped my body fat index. Good on you, because I got quads. They were awesome. They really
0: helped, <laughs> they're very useful, uh, they, in kettlebell sport. In a, in I mean, basically life. just in life, uh, but yeah, yeah. that's yeah, yeah started that's...
1: filling out my frame a little bit, my big six foot five frame, and so that was really good. So, I, I played rugby for basically seven or eight years. I stopped basically two years ago, um, about 30. Stop? Why, yeah, uh, ba- the moment I realized I needed to stop, there were a couple of reasons. One. Um, one game a guy yelled at me after a sub happened and he said just so you know you're the oldest guy on the field by 13 years and my body literally could not take it I mean my injury history at the point I kind of stopped was you know three diagnosed concussions diagnosed none of those yeah. were from MMA, so why'd you
0: so. so why'd you stop i'm gonna ask you again because you probably forgot the original question. i just it was it was i just my body couldn't take it yeah just, no i'm yeah i i yeah the the concussions they those add up really really quick for, yeah for exactly care.
1: so we were there and you know i was just so in pain all the time i mean there were sundays after games I, I could not get out of bed. I couldn't yeah. walk. Like, I couldn't get downstairs. You know, our, my massage therapist, who was also our trainer. I mean, she would work on me and there were times where she just took a step back and said, I don't know how you live. Like, I don't know how you function and move around on a daily basis. And, you know, at the time too, I had been doing one time I retired rugby. I uh, had been doing kettlebell sport with Steve for about three or four years. And, it was never good because I was always so injured.
0: (laughs) I can't, I can't, I, I mean, shout out to Steve because to have the patience to coach you oh. for four years while you're just beating the living fuck out of your body playing rugby uh for hours at a time and then <laughs> and then being like and then being like I don't know why I'm not getting better at lifting because I know you and I know that you were probably like well I I was I was planning on going for this and then you know, I don't know why I can't do it and you're probably like yelling at yourself and and Steve's like well you you know you did. Beat the if you, shit out stop. of your body for two yeah. two and a half hours on Saturday playing a rugby match, so you can't expect oh, your body to respond.
1: Not even that. You got the. You think the games were bad? The practices were terrible. We just hit each other all the. And you know, I'm training with guys. You know, the club I was at, they fed the provincial leagues. They now field our professional team. We have five or six guys from that club that have been to the World Cups, and these are the guys hitting me. And like, so we got there. So it was just, it was funny. Like you said with Steve, sometimes it was just okay, I'm looking at your lockout and your arms are forward. You're not fully overhead. I'm like, yeah, I don't have that range of motion.
0: Yeah. I can't, get. There. I, can't,
1: I, I can't, I can't do that. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: I, can't, I can't, I can't do that. And it's like, you're not really getting that explosive pop out of your hips. Like I popped my SI joint again. Yeah. I, for the fifth time. Um, yeah. So I'm in a little bit of pain or, you know, I got whiplash or I did this. So it was, yeah, the, the kettlebell training, you know, I always loved it and it was always fun, but I, I kind of had to just say, you know, rugby, I just, it, it was kind of just timed. I, I wasn't enjoying it as much as I did.
0: Time to grow the, up with a um, fan. You're not a young exactly.
1: fan anymore. Exactly. I loved playing. I'm still part of the club. I'm actually on the board of um, the directors. Uh, two years ago, I coached. Um, you know, I, I'm still a part of it. And, you know, I love the rugby club and rugby did so much for my life, my mentality, just everything. A lot of my best friends I've met at rugby, but it was just it was time to stop playing. And you know what I was, I always really enjoyed kettlebell. And I always was getting really frustrated that anytime I'd make the smallest gain, some farm boy from up north would come and clear me out of a rock and a year's worth of gains were gone because separated my shoulder.
0: Yeah. So I, I have, a, I have a, a sidebar question and it actually okay. com, comes from our friend, our friend Bobby Hicks um, down, at, down in Florida, Florida man, Bobby Hicks. Um, he actually just texted me this, uh, you know, today and he was like, I am amazed at how many kettlebell sport athletes are former rugby players. Why do you think that is?
1: Because we can take pain. <laughs> and I'm sorry, but it, it so generally, if you are a decent rugby player, you like to work out you like to push yourself you and you you know especially running it's rugby isn't a mainstream sport it is somewhat of a tier two sport especially in k i mean we're a big rugby nation but not compared to the uk or anything like that so you know what it, i think it's just that kind of natural you know you want to see what you can do in your body and we know how to work through pain and it, it's it's kind of weird we, we, we kind of like it we, we kind of like being able to say hey you know what i'm gonna you you're i'm going to be in the offensive trenches for this i'm going to be i'm going to hit 50 rocks this game and i'm going to get punched in the face nine times but i'm going to keep going and be able to push through that and that adrenaline rush you get from it and you get a lot of that in kettlebell sport
0: i like that i like that that's uh yeah i that that tracks i think that's on brand i i i think part of it too is uh For those for those of us that that step away from step away from from rugby, uh, I think kettlebell sport has a similar community to it, right? It has that same that same type of feel to it, where it's like, because so like it it was always super weird to me the first the first time I went to a a rugby a rugby tournament, and I was like, wait, okay, so we're gonna go beat the shit out of each other, and then we're gonna sleep over at their house afterwards. They're hosting us. They're hosting us at their house, and we're staying with them. They're like, yeah. was like that's really weird (laughs) like to me as a football player like it was like we hated each other we are going to beat the shit out of each other then we're gonna go get back on our bus and drive away and we're not hanging out with those people anymore right but it was like rugby is such a different kind of vibe to it where it's like we're gonna go beat the shit out of each other we are going to compete like savages and then afterwards like the whistle blows you shake each other's hands you tap the keg you start singing songs you go you go sleep in their backyard or in their basement or like like you camp out together like it's such a, a cool community where it's like like and and kettlebell sport has that that same kind of thing to it where it's like yeah we're, we're on the platform at the same time and we're technically competing against each other because like you and i would be in the same weight division and we'd be compete, we'd be competing for the same prizes and for the same rank or like if we're in a world championship like you know you're lifting 32s i'm lifting like a 20 so it's not even comparable but you know that's fine. singular yeah okay fair <laughs> but you know but it's like but it's that it's that same but it's in that same regard like we're gonna we're gonna put the bells down like i'm gonna look at your number and i'm gonna be like oh great set you know and then we're gonna go we're gonna go drink and hang out and like sing songs <laughs> like i don't know it's such a cool thing about the sport
1: it is really i think probably the best part of this sport is the community and like i said the, the rugby community was awesome and a c- bunch of my best friends you know are still rugby guys I, I think even kettlebell sport takes it that much higher i mean me and you could go out on a platform or compete from the same thing and you know i see you put up that gaudy set i'm gonna be so excited for you yeah. and, and and that's really what we do i mean we're competing against each other but so much of it is you're competing against yourself yeah. And you're really trying, unless you're at the absolute highest level, if you're an Ivan or a Dennis or, you know, something like that, like that might be a little bit still, I'm sure it's, it's still that that commodity after, but yeah, I think that's one of the things a lot of people don't realize when they get into the sport is just how cool and how tight of a community it is. I mean, I'm sure you've seen, too. you go to back when we had in-person competitions back in the day, um, <laughs> so you know what
0: the remix is coming, man, they're coming back. I, I promise. I,
1: i can't wait but it's you know i'm here my first couple competitions were um uh jen hindenburger ran them and you know jen like every world record she hoots think apparently hoots, is her,
0: hoots was her nickname apparently that was a right i know I, I didn't know but that i learned that from andrea so
1: yeah and you, you see it like she'll walk up and say hello to every single lifter and talk and support you know andrea world record holder you can go up and talk to her any day like there's there's never that thing. I remember after my first, my second NKSO. That was uh, Jen Hindenburg's big competition, in Niagara. Yep. Steve and I, after we went to the bar to grab a beer, and there's Marty Farrell, Andrea, Jen, and Abigail Johnson having a beer, and we just walked up to them. It's like, oh, world record, world record, world record, world record, world record. It, it's just, there's just nothing. I've never had that negative. You shouldn't be talking to me, or yeah. get out of my space experience and everyone is just
0: thanks for tuning into this episode of the platform podcast we interrupt this interview to share some exciting updates about the prizes and sponsors for the first annual twin cities kettlebell open happening october 23rd which we'll be hosting at the athlete lab here in little canada minnesota in the heart of the twin cities 27 degrees apparel is designing our event t-shirt and has given us a discount code tckb10 for 10 percent off all of his apparel should definitely check out uh especially the limited edition big tim shirts which are coming out to support my man tim boyer who's uh lost almost 100 pounds now those are only available for pre-order until may 20th so get them while you can Um, and as with all of the orders Um, $4 for every shirt that you purchase, goes to support one of several mental health charities, uh, which you can choose when you check out, which is really, really awesome. There's a list of charities uh, that you can choose from to support um, with with your donation, which is fantastic. Uh, Also, Barefoot Athletics has gift certificates for six pairs of Ursus Barefoot training shoes, my personal favorite for snatch as well as deadlift and GPP. Uh, And as I've mentioned before, Bellavator by Dennis Vasilov has given us two belts uh, to give away. Our friend Nikolai Puchlov from the Seattle Kettlebell Club is providing his new Made in the USA Pro Kettlebells for competitors to try out and use on the platform if they choose, uh, as well as support from Gaspari Nutrition and others. So if you have other ideas or connections to interested sponsors, please reach out to me. And please don't forget to register for the event on our website, TwinCitiesKettlebellClub.com. And now let's get back into the interview. It's well, like, such a supportive <laughs> This is kind of kind of, kind of embarrassing but uh, <laughs> I think it was like my my second uh, Chicago Chicago Invitational. I think it right. was um, I Dennis Vasiliev was there and uh i had him sign my medal uh, so i still i still have a i still have a, a medal sign you know i still have a gold medal signed by dennis dennis vasilla from back in the but it was like because to me it was like i was just getting into the sport and i was like Absolutely. i was like this guy is like the Michael Jordan of kettlebell sport. Like, and he's here lifting. I got to get his, you know, I got, he signed my medal, which is super cool. And then, and then he talked to me for like 15 minutes. And like, we were just talking kettlebell sport and I was asking him questions and like, I'm this, you know, fucking nobody noob, just asking him the dumb, you know, probably the dumbest questions. And that was super nice. So gracious, whatever. And then like, Three years later, I hired him as my coach. Like, in what world can you hire the nine-time world champion to coach you? You know, it's like yeah, it, it's like going and being like, "Hey, Michael Jordan, can you can will you coach me on how to shoot a basketball?" You yeah, know, it, I mean? he's it, like, it's, "Yeah, it's sure." Like, it's
1: like being the beer cart girl meeting Tiger Woods, handing him a beer, he signs it. And then you know, he's your caddy. Or, yeah, you know, like yeah, coach, he's, t- yeah. he's, he's training you three years. Yeah, later. he's like, your coach. like, so, awesome.
0: yeah, to, you know, you know, three hundred bucks a month, sure, no problem. Like
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: it's yeah that is still that still blows my mind about about this sport as like you know some of the the best some of the best lifters in the world uh you can you can hire to be your coach there but they're all like i thus far um there is nobody that i've that i've like talked to that's been like uh high and mighty or egotistical or you know or whatever like you know they're all just yeah it's, cool, it's never oh, i don't know people. who you
1: are so you probably shouldn't be talking to me like when i was in track there was actually a lot of that i mean yeah the, the elite athletes would stick to themselves and you know even if you're racing i remember i was in one race and this guy just destroyed me and i was, went up to him right and I was like that was a really good thing I'm like, okay oh, so i won't be talking to you anymore
0: so we're not, so we're, so we're not on speaking terms because I yeah. Uh, was, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, because I can't crack that time mark, so uh, I'm not worth talking to, and you know, like <laughs> I said, it just, there's never anything like that in, in kettlebell sport. It, it, I think, it's really a rare community uh, in sporting. I mean, like, you know, I've done between me and you, football, rugby, blah, 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 blah. I've never seen anything like it.
0: Yeah, I no, I agree. I think it, it is a it is really it is really really unique. Um, and it's got some very unique people in it. <laughs> <laughs> takes a special person. Yeah, it does take it does take a special person. Um, what do you what do you think are like the? Because you ta- you've talked a little bit, you know, and you and I have talked a lot about uh, mindset, right? And you know how big of a psychology nerd I am. Um, you know, so so the 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 mindset component of it is so huge and i know you've been working on that component of your game um yeah. so talk a little bit about that journey like what is what is the mindset that, that that you think it takes to be successful and what have what have been your struggles and what have been your your growth areas
1: yeah and you know we actually, we've talked about like i will say the mental game is without a doubt the biggest hole in my game um not to sound conceited but i can move great weight um, like th- that is not my big issue, but
0: Hashtag Clydesdale.
1: I say Clydesdale division. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, the mental component is, is so hard where I can get pretty OCD about things. And I've really struggled in the past where if I break my pace, um, if I, you know, have a bad rep, or especially previously with my injury history, um, I was always afraid of getting hurt you know, usually when the, your body starts screaming at you, Hey, there's something wrong. You stop and rugby or anything like that. You know, you get breaks, this and that, you know, you're still under tension with kettlebell and I had a lot of panic attacks with that guy. I mean, and not completely unjust. I mean, one competition I had, I was trying to go really hard. I had a great training cycle with um, the twenties going for long cycle and uh, I was still playing rugby at the time. And, I was putting along. I was about five and a half minutes in. I think it was at like 60, 56 reps. I felt great. And all of a sudden I'm on the ground. My kneecap shifted out. Ooh. Just gone.
0: Just, just
1: completely out. And like, you see the footage, like I dropped like a sack of potatoes and it really kind of got back to my injury history. When I went to my massage therapist, like, yeah, your hamstrings are super tight. Cause your hips are messed up. And, and this is a problem and that's a problem. So, that's been a massive struggle for me where I've, I've been afraid of getting hurt. Um, so that's where I really think, you know, it's something that Steve and I work on a lot, hence why I'm doing a lot of five minute sets right now in competition, because, you know, lock onto them, get through them, get that confidence. Um,
0: Well, it's just like we were just talking, I was just talking about with Andrea and the the episode that just came out, you know, recently is is that, that whole idea of she never fails a set in practice because she, she makes sure that she starts with her heaviest work and that she, she gets through all of her sets successfully. And she tries to coach her athletes that way. I think that's a great, that's a great approach from a psychology standpoint, because I have the same, you know, similar type of injury history as you and like. I don't think it's something that like a lot of people in this sport don't don't have that, that extensive very few people no. on the planet have that extensive injury history but it's one of those things that you can't quite explain to people if they've never been through it it's like no I don't think you understand how painful it is to herniate two discs in your back so when you feel when you feel the tension in your back where your your brain just tells you oh god something bad's gonna happen or like and if this has happened
1: before I if know if you dislocate body, your
0: shoulder enough doing. times your body starts to recognize what it feels like and then even if it's not actually going to happen, your brain—you'll get a signal to your brain that says, "Hey, your shoulder could come out," and you, and it makes you want to stop. And it's and a, you
1: remember what it feels like when your shoulder pops out. Or yeah, your well, it's SI not the going out part. that hurts
0: so much; it's the coming back in. Um, that's oh. the painful part. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, I know. Put, it's the putting it back in part that hurts.
1: Yeah. Oh, exactly. And you just like you get those rushes of pain. So, like, I've really, I'd say, in the last year, I've been very very focused on my mental training it all really kind of started going to go a little off track here the last um swanson open so i was doing five minute long cycle really getting back into it starting to heal up and um i was putting along and i was doing okay like you know wasn't the greatest that i've ever had but i think i got to about the four minute mark i just put the bells down i just stopped, and. I, I wasn't disappointed in myself. I wasn't irritated. I got mad, angry, fierce, like not yelling in my head, yelling in the mirror, Why did you do that? Why did you put the bells down? Like you shouldn't have done that yet. Someone else put the bells down. You could have kept going. And I got really upset. And at that point, I kind of just said to myself, and I was talking with Steve, I'm like, No more. I'm not putting the bells down during sex anymore. So I really started, you know, even if I was feeling not pain but injury or i was fatigued or something like that just fine sit and rack you know mm-hmm. what you got a seven minute set and i'm dead for three minutes i know what i'm doing the next four minutes of my life sitting in rack don't put the bells down i've been really trying to focus on that just powering through and you know some i will go back to steve sometimes he'll see my like hey you did a uh, two times five uh or five times two minutes and okay 16 reps, 16 reps, 16 reps, seven reps, 16 reps. Like, what happens? Like, exhausted, like bad clean, lost it, went into rack, locked out my knees, focused on my breathing, and just sat there. And that's what I'm really trying to do a lot more of of just trying to tell myself, hey, you know what? You can break your pacing. You can have a bad rep. You can have a bad clean. You can get a no rep. That's all good. If, If you need to spend 30 seconds, in a rack position to compose yourself that's fine i mean you may not hit what you're gonna you want to hit but you'll hit a lot more reps than you will if if you put the bells down so that's really been kind of my what steve and i are really really working on even with my um 32 kilogram snatch where i'm starting to do some longer sets like two and a half minutes or three minutes or three and a half minutes per arm and it's don't worry about the reps pick the bell up go as far as you can good technique good breathing relaxed if you need to hang out overhead it's all part of the training right so that's one thing i've really had to focus on it's like you know just because i don't hit the reps with the pacing that i was hoping to do doesn't mean the training sets fail or doesn't mean the competition sets fail and just getting that through my ridiculous brain has been a bigger struggle than i think steve ever thought he was getting when he signed on to coach me but (laughs) That's that, I really think that's kind of the next step in, in my game where I just need to, to focus. And now that I'm getting healthier, um, body's feeling a lot better, massage therapist and all that saying, oh, my God, look, normal human mobility. You
0: know, makes a difference. Really it. Yeah, <laughs> it just makes just a pitch makes a big difference. Um, and you've been you've been starting to, to work on uh, on nutrition as well, right? Like you and Steve are starting to work on nutrition, I, I believe. Right. Yeah. So,
1: um, really started in uh, January, um, like everyone New Year's. so I, um, my, my weight kind of got to a point I wasn't happy with, um, you know, I wasn't playing rugby anymore. It's like
0: you were locked inside for a year.
1: You know what that, and you know, not going to lie, you know, me and you, we've talked a bunch, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of fermented beverages. I think they're proof there is a God and that God exists. Uh, And loves us and
0: wants us to be happy. If you believe Martin Luther.
1: Exactly. And for a while there, I was kind of between jobs and I got a job at the local brewery. I was full time there. Um, really easy to have a couple of beers every night. Yeah. Um, and they're delicious. So and my I'm also an outside sales for my regular day job. So which is the world of drive through. Um, so it really kind of got I kind of, you know, sat on the scale one day, saw a couple numbers I didn't like and just decided it was time to be a little more proactive so really worked with Steve who's a really smart um, nutritionist and you know he knows me it's one of the big reasons I I like being coached by Steve even though I bash him all the time um, I fully trust him he knows me really well he knows my ins and outs he knows my eating habits you know we're friends on a personal level for the last seven or eight years so we we kind of he got me to track my food intake and he said you know be completely honest don't give me a oh I've I never touched drive-thrus like no put it in, put in what you got. And we made a nutrition plan. Um, And, you know, I'm like everyone else, I'm an expert in everything. So, you know, I said, Oh, I can just diet myself, you know,
0: cut up the beer a little bit,
1: cut down the pizza. I'm fine. And we really started to work on it where he looked, it's like, I don't think, you know, the bad stuff, the drive-through, the pizza, the Wendy's, that's, that's all gotta be limited. But for, for a week there, an entire week, I ate 600 calories in breakfast. I hate breakfast. I, it's bad, but at, after eight o'clock I can ingest 2000 calories, you know, a couple beers, bag of chips, second dinner, um, all that kind of stuff, kind of hobbit. Like, so we really keep really kind of, they have
0: multiple breakfasts
1: though. Exactly. that's where we had to switch it, where he really showed me, you know, if we can get you to this calorie level, which is good. And I'm, I'm good at really want to focus on getting, you know, six to 800 calories at breakfast. And then, you know, another 600 at lunch and a couple healthy snacks and keep that dinner to, you know, 600 calories, but not at 830 at night. Yeah. So it it was, it was, and I'll tell you, it was a struggle. That breakfast was, I am not hungry in the morning. So I had to find a way to, you know, I can't be one of those guys that wakes up and just going to crack open a 12 egg Um, Just not going to happen. So playing with different things,
0: yeah, but you also can't be the guy that's going to crush four thousand calories at nine o'clock at night and expect to. Keep oh no, your weight I, I can check. do that. Trust me. No, I no, no. But but you're not going to be able to keep your weight in check. That's and that's no. what Steve is. That's what Steve is trying to get you to understand. I think.
1: Exactly. So we worked really hard on that. So I found you know, a big glass of orange juice. That's a lot of calories, and I don't ingest a lot of sugar in my normal day to day life. So that doesn't really hurt me. You know, having that much sugar in the morning. Yeah. Like I'd never hit my sugar target. Um. You know, a bagel of peanut butter um a little smoothie I can drink as I'm making my coffee uh, a banana that gets me to my calorie count so I've found a way to you know how do I get the calories in and I've gotten into a habit and then you know it pushes back my lunch or lunch to a good time where I'm not starving where I'm not driving past that A&W or that that Wendy's I'm like oh I gotta eat others I'm gonna freak out and
0: Tim Hortons Oh
1: God, all the time. Just so, and then, you know, healthy, you know, I was telling him, I was really struggling hitting the calorie count before, you know, three o'clock and, you know, trail mix, make some homemade trail mix, almonds and dried blueberries and dried fruit and stuff like that. That's, you know, three to 400 calories right there. You can munch on throughout the day. And, you know, at night, instead of, you know, reaching for that beer, I've, I've been making, you know, black iced tea. That's really, really delicious, you know, from the local tea shop and no sugar tastes great, cold. Cause I'm, I'm all, I'm that kind of guy that I'm always sipping on something Mm. no matter what. So, um, it's, it's been really good. So I, I lost the first week I lost eight pounds, which just shows how bad my diet was before, but it was terrible. So slowly chipping off the weight, um, down about 12 pounds, which is really good. But I think the big thing is I just feel better. I sleep through the night. I fall asleep easier. I wake up feeling better, more energy, less naps. Uh, My training has been so much better. So I'm not. That's what
0: I was just going to say. I bet bet the output in in work capacity is much, much better.
1: Huge. I didn't have that crappy lunch. And then I didn't, it's not five hours since I last ate. Now I'm going to try to cram something in my mouth before I go and work out. Oh. So I'm, I'm feeling, yeah, yeah. And that's literally what I was doing. Cause I just, my nutrition was so far off. And just when I was eating, I just, I felt terrible. And people have even noticed like, you're just different lately. I'm like, are you, you you on something? I'm like, no, actually I'm just not ingesting the entire world supply of sodium after 8 PM every single night anymore. So. <laughs>
0: I just, so i just i just stopped being a fuck ass with my oh nutrition. yeah then I,
1: I stopped pretending i was 22 because when i was we were talking like when i was that 175 pound guy i could eat anything i want whenever i wanted no problem couldn't couldn't gain a pound
0: so can't re- can't relate i i i and that, that's not me being facetious or joking like i i can't re- i can't relate i have uh never had a problem gaining weight uh I, I did have a problem in college keeping my weight up to the level that my my offensive line coach wanted oh, it, but that was that's that's a whole other conversation that's not but,
1: human that's offensive line there's a difference
0: yeah yeah that's but uh other than that I, it's never been a problem for me so I can't I can't literally like when you say I was 160 pounds I'm like god when was the last time I was 160 pounds it was like sixth grade seventh grade yeah grade. and you weren't I'm six like, foot five i'm like i'm going through my i'm like yeah no i was yeah it's like eighth grade it was 160 pounds and i was like under five foot tall <laughs> so yeah i was i was that kid that was you know that tall and that wide so uh but that's you know that's that's not that's neither here nor there so all right so so what's uh you've got noco coming up right like that's the that's oh, a week a and a months, half now, yeah so, two weeks uh, right yeah
1: yeah, so I'm super excited about that. It's going to be a good start off of the competition. Todd and Lorraine always do a good job, and yeah, like I said, so I'm uh, I'm trying. I'm going to compete 24 kilogram long cycle. Um, really been working hard at trying to push an 9 rpm pace. So I really w- okay. I really want to try to hit 45 reps.
0: So you're um, going to hit 50, is what I'm hearing.
1: <laughs> if I can hit 50, uh, there should be an immediate <laughs> drug test after, and I did all the pre workout, all of it. <laughs> uh, yeah so it, it's it's a hard it's a big step for me because eight rpm i'm comfortable I, I can feel that i know the breathing mm-hmm. up until about two weeks ago I, re- I really struggled hitting that nine rpm like you kind of saw in our group chat i would do a workout and be a four minute workout and not two minutes were the same yeah i'd have a six and an 11 and a nine and something else and so i did a four minutes with andrea Last weekend, where I hit nines and finished with a 10. Right. Nice. So I just have to figure out a way to do that for another minute. Which,
0: you yeah, just, you just add one on the front. I mean, that, that's yeah, exactly that's how you do it. You just go nine, 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 ten.
1: Easy, right? Easy. It's, just, it's almost too easy. <laughs> it's just math. Yeah. It's so just,
0: it's just that just, simple. Just simple
1: maths. Got the plan and just tell <laughs> oh, my So brother. are you gonna do
0: snatch as well or just focus on long cycle for that? Nope.
1: 32 kilogram five minutes snatch. So um yeah, yeah it'll be kind of my first ever serious attempt at CMS.
0: Um seventy-five and snatch on five minutes is that
1: no eighty-three.
0: Oh, okay, that's the threshold. Okay.
1: Yeah, so I've I've done 77, um, which was good. So it's been a little inconsistent, but uh kind of looking forward to it. I just, there's something, you know, how we always talk about Um, got to make kettlebell sport your own
0: mm-hmm. and,
1: and your own goals. There's just something, but I just, I want to be a good snatcher with 32. There's just something about that bell and that movement where, you know, I think I can get CMS hopefully this time of not soon, you know, three, four years down the road, maybe make a bit of MS. Um, I think that would be the way to do it. So this is really kind of the, uh, the first just kick at the can at that. And you know, first kind of real training cycle where, uh, you know, Steve's felt comfortable with my health and my mobility and my technique to actually let me pick up a 32 because, you know, we talk, you move up gradually and I've never competed with the 28, but you know, it was something we talked about for the last couple of years. I want to be able to do this. You know, he's like, you don't feel comfortable. You're, you're making the right progress. You're doing the right thing. You're not playing rugby anymore. You're focused on this. Yeah. It's safe for you to start to do this, but I, he watches my sets like a hawk,
0: um, which, which
1: I, I need. And it's yeah, absolutely. One of he's, a,
0: I- he's a great coach. I mean, that, that's what, that's what any good coach is doing is checking in, making sure people are safe. You're managing load, you're tailoring the approach and you're dealing with the psychology and the physiology. And you know, that's, that's what it takes, especially if you're starting to, I mean, if you're going to dance with the red devils, like, you don't fuck around like there's no margin for error there like one bad rep can yeah. can not only end your set it can end your month of training if you if oh. you mess it up bad enough
1: yeah I, everyone says when they move up to the next bell and they're not wrong it's those bells are unforgiving that 32 you have a bad insertion i mean i have spent so many hours learning how to properly chalk a bell because you you it has to be perfect you, you can't go in with an unperfectly chalked bell and adds time to your training, right? I basically add 15 minutes every day to my training cycles because I have to chalk that red bell again to make sure it's there.
0: Okay. So what, so what are your, what are your chalking, your chalking, uh, we'll call them, we'll call them fetishes. What are, what are your chalking fetishes?
1: Oh God. Well, first thing, when you first get that new bell, like at first date, you know, really plan a good nice hour, hour and a half sanding it down. And I got a good bell. Like I got a, I got an Agatsu bell and You sand down that handle, um, 60 grit, um, sandpaper industrial, really good. And then, uh, Viking chalk is the only way to go. Um, it's got, it's got that great adhesiveness and be patient with it. I mean, it's so frustrating when first use water,
0: whatever you do
1: i when i first go in for the belt i spray a little bit of water on my hand and work it off and then get a super good chalking just that's the that's, first
0: that's different that's just getting the belt to adhere to your or the chalk to adhere to your hand don't put it but i don't like i do the same thing i but i don't put any no no water on don't put water on the handle there's going to be water oh yeah people i see spray
1: sweat. the thing and then just dump chalk and i'm like two reps it doesn't that, make it's
0: it gone it's coming off in flakes
1: and then liquid chalk too even though there's a lot of good liquid chalks that. Splinters and flakes so easily just starts cutting your hand.
0: I have not had that. I have not had that. See, I'm I've got these sensitive baby hands, so, <laughs> so like I, I don't I don't. I'm I'm not nearly as uh, I'm not nearly as heavy on the chalk. So you guys are like, oh, I go through a kilo of chalk a month, and I'm like, oh yeah. Sh. I'm like, even Damn. when
1: I go to my um my 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 cross training gym. Oh yeah, I bring in the chalk all the time. But you know exactly where I was working out. I apologize to the owner all the time. I'm so sorry. I actually bought liquid chalk for bar- barbell days. I'm like, I, I, I'm not going to make my chalk angel anymore. I'm just
0: going to do this. <laughs> well, I'm sure, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure he or she appreciated that. That's, uh, that's consider considerate of you and leaving your sweat angel on the floor, uh, you know, behind in the, yeah. in the, in the ring of, in the ring. I big chalk. six
1: foot five chalk angel. Yeah. yeah you're, you, you're, you, know, said, you know exactly where Matt was working out.
0: You're you're a, you're big on rowing, right? Like rowing and CrossFit are kind of like your two like cross training, uh, yeah. GPP, GPP modalities, right?
1: Yeah. So again, kind of getting into the mental abyss that is Matt Boris. Um, I can't <laughs> I can't force myself to do hard GPP. Like you look at Steve or Andrea or Jen Hindenburg, they can work themselves to exhaustion by themselves, and I can't. So, um, but. Three years ago, um, I was looking to get some base fitness back, it was after I hurt myself with my knee, Um, and so my fitness was non-existent. Um, And a good friend of mine from the rugby club, his sister was really into CrossFit, and I'd always made fun of CrossFit. I mean, all my experiences to that point were the negative ones, which was terrible. So. I kind of talked to him like, yeah, you know, I'm looking to get a base fitness. Like, well, they they do fitness classes, no barbells, no going upside down, nothing like that. You know, so buy a 10 pack, go do those. So I I did it. Um, Really good community, really good coaching. Um, So I did a couple more because my base fitness wasn't there. And eventually started doing the the full classes, like the barbells and all this stuff. And um, I fell in love with the barbells. That was the big thing. But the conditioning and the programming, and I'm going to give a quick shout out cordis fitness in uh oakville um it, it was something really different it actually reminded me a lot of kettlebell sport like our community where yeah you know all the negative you'd ever hear about cross about people you know shunning or people pushing you too hard or coaches like throw another blue plate on there let's get after lead fitness like none of that absolutely none of that so um, it's really helped me with my, my conditioning, like the endurance classes. So like I said, the rower, um, machines, that kind of stuff. Um, it's, it's just really good training and I find it actually mixes in really well with my kettlebell sport. Yeah. Um, it, it never really interferes too much. I mean, the occasional time where I, you know, I've, I've kind of tweaked a, a shoulder doing barbell cause I was doing heavy barbell that day or something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah that, you just decide to go full rev four on a row and you're like, ah, I'm Oh little... yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's kind of one of the things why I still do CrossFit at Cordis, and they're not affiliated. So I don't know, let's call it cross training. So I don't want to say anything. Um, they are very good about watching you, knowing the athletes and pulling people back. Like if they see someone That's with huge. too much and it's it, it is it's it really is like you especially know, like,
0: for people like you and me who are who oh, yeah. are wired who are wired to redline. it's just Wait, like well, ah, right, go
1: right. hard oh yeah we were, uh, right before the shutdown we were i was at barbell class i lifting class and we were, we're working up to one max one rep max snatch i'm like i love barbell snatch i'm like we're going for it. we're getting a pr today so like he's like started around 50 like okay 50 percent. bam you know why don't i just add Thirty pounds to my next rep. Just, it, it makes perks. I want to get high. I want to get to that point where I can go for a max. And then he, you know, the coaches know you. He's like, "Hey, Matt, what are you doing?" I'm like, "What? What? No, I, I, I just hit, you know, like 145. I feel good. I'm gonna go for like 180 today." He's like, "Yeah, you can. You're gonna go up ten pounds at a time." Strips the plates off my bars like ten pounds at a time. Here's two fives. Slap them on. So. Stuff like that, you know. Um, Deadlifting is really hard for me because my four and a half foot long femurs, um, it, it, it doesn't work. <laughs> and I'm always terrified of doing deadlifts. Like that's how things pop. I'm, so,
0: I'm much, I'm much better at deadlifts than you because I have a really long torso and, and really short legs. So oh, that's I, why I'm that's why I'm laughing because you're like I have four foot femurs. I'm like yeah, my femurs are probably half as long as yours, even though you're only five inches taller than me because I have well, short ass legs.
1: And that's the thing where a lot of people like they, you know, I look at my difference with my power snatch and my full snatch. Like me yeah. getting out of the hole oh, is a huge issue. It's like, a big it's hole. It's really a
0: big hole to get out of, man. Hang exactly. snatch all day for you.
1: And you know, there's a couple of coaches there. Like one of the coach, Coach Nick, she's awesome, and um, she has she's like not as tall as me, but has long femurs. And she's like, you know, I, I know what you're going through, and you know, she's pulled me aside after class, like let's try to work on a few things, and try to do this to make it safer because I know you want to put more weight on, but you're hesitant. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's a hundred percent it. So it's um, yeah, it, it's really a great area to do my cross training, my, my, my mobility, their warm ups are epic. Like it's a very safe environment where I, I've, I don't feel worried about, you know, the program being too hard and someone, pushing me too hard or the group of people around me you know oh my god look at the big guy he's only doing that much come on big guy yeah never anything like that it's you know i've seen bad crossfit i've seen bad gyms where people do that and it is the complete opposite it is fantastic and awesome and
0: yeah, that's, like, that's, really like the, that's like the athlete lab here like you're gonna love that place when you when you come down in october uh you're gonna you're gonna love that place because it is the same type of community where they they know their they know their athletes they take good care of everybody the, the the mobility and the warm-ups and everything like they they take care of their athletes and and they and it's not it, it's very intelligent and very responsive to individualized needs yeah
1: it's it's you know you you push when you can push but you do it safely so you know, you never you never see these people at my gym disappear for a month because they got injured. It, it it just it does not happen. I think I've had a small injury where I was again already hurt, and I somewhat <laughs> popped. It's always, an ag-
0: it's always an aggravation. It's rarely a new injury. It's always well, yeah. an aggravation of an old injury
1: exactly like i am my own best like dietician oh and i know, I know what that i know exactly that is my si joint i did this i did this again six years ago i know exactly <laughs> what's wrong i know the tree it's like you ever seen roadhouse
0: oh yes
1: i feel like i just carry around my medical chart with me save. i, I, I literally
0: i literally have a google document like that is an anatomical picture that has like injuries listed on it with arrows and yeah. stuff to it because it saves time and i give that to if i go to a new doctor or whatever i'm like here's the injuries that still bother me no this is not a comprehensive list these are just yeah. the ones that still affect me
1: yeah, and i get looks <laughs> when i turn over the piece of paper and start like what are you writing on the back I'm like there wasn't enough room to describe my injury history i got to my shoulder i started at my head
0: <laughs> oh god that's uh... so the lesson here is uh moms don't let your kids play uh contact sports.
1: <laughs> I think... you know like i said i i hate saying it i know my my mom will not listen but I now understand why my parents were so afraid of me getting hurt because I just, and it's, and again, I, me and you, like we, we played sports in the trenches, like pain is part of the sport. I think, I think my,
0: I think our parents had different perspectives. My, my parents did not have enough fear of getting hurt. (laughs) My dad was the, the, the guy that wanted to be a Navy SEAL telling me that you can ignore pain signals from your brain, son, (laughs) I mean, you, you can. You I mean, can. You know and long. I learned that lesson. Yeah. Oh, no. I, I know to what end? Is. But, uh, you know, say la me. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. It's just, it's some people just get that, you know, it's, and it's part of certain cultures, you know, the trench is there. Type five here. I once separated my shoulder during a game. The response was tape it to my body. <laughs> finished the last 60 minutes. Still uh, want to line it
0: i've done i've done something similar yeah Uh, but you know well we can talk about that later all right so you know the coup de de grace question that i that i love to ask experienced lifters so it you know if you were talking to we'll say we'll go back to to teenage matt you know if you had if you could if you could give teenage matt uh some advice what would what would you tell 15 year old matt uh the advice that, that you would give to him at this, at this time, knowing what you know now, well, what uh, advice would you give to gym. your 15 year old self?
1: Weights are good. Uh, weights, weights are good. If you do them smart, like be, be very, like there is no, like, you are not an expert. Everyone thinks they're an expert, but figure out what you're doing, get a good training model, reach out to experts um, and train smart. I mean, just, I mean, and do anything sport wise smart. I mean, you know, the best rugby I ever played was with a good coach. The, the, the best martial arts ever did was with a good coach. I mean, I, I would, I would still be on, I think single pinks if it wasn't for Steve and his great <laughs> coaching. Um, so, so really I would say, you know, it's a, uh, you know, go to experts, find out what you can do and find a good community that will help you. I mean, Steve's my coach, but you know, we reach out to everyone. Me and you have talked about stuff. Me and Eric talk about stuff. Me and Carissa out in DC, we had a fantastic talk a couple nights ago. That's changed my snatch form. Awesome. So, you know, really uh, take care of your body. It's not an, it's, it will break down. Uh, Be smart, fortify it, listen to your body. Um, Yeah. So that would be a the overall stuff I tell 15 year old
0: Matt. Nice. I like it. I like it. Well, Matt, thank you so much for, for coming on the, the podcast. I am very, very excited to have you on. It's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun, uh, as it always is. And I will say, uh, I will say cheers to you brother. And we will, uh, we will talk again soon. Absolutely. All
1: right. Thanks for you. having me. It's been fantastic. Love the show.
0: Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Platform Podcast. I'm Jordan Cundey Wright. We'll be back with a new episode for you next week. Please don't forget to register for the Twin Cities Kettlebell Open on our website, TwinCitiesKettlebellClub.com. And if you have a question or a suggestion, please email me at, at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Twin Cities Kettlebell Club. And if you want to step onto the platform and compete in kettlebell sport, please reach out to me. Until next time.